Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Screen Time Podcast. I'm Connor. And I'm Luke. And today, we're here to talk about... I'm hungry. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> We're talking about the Hunger Games. <laughs> All right. Oh, we can't keep that, can we? Yep. I think we're going with it. Hunger <laughs> Games, baby. Hunger Games. Yes. We're going with it. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, the new movie will be out. Couple, at the time yeah. of recording this first part, right. we haven't seen the new one. Correct. We're going to go through the first four movies. Probably share a couple predictions, thoughts about the yeah. upcoming movie. Yep. Let's go to the movies. The sound bit, which I'm super happy for. Yeah. Uh, it's probably one of my favorites that I'm going to do all year. Uh, and then we will come back and talk about the new one. Obviously, we can't spoil it in the first chunk here because we haven't seen it. Uh, we'll let you know if what our spoiler plan is when we talk about it. Let's get into the first one. Let's do it. Actually, I wanted to say something first. All right, let's do that. I have, <laughs> I, have, I have notes. And I have... A number of criticisms about these movies. I would like to make it known that I do really enjoy these four movies and this franchise as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have things that I want to bring up, especially things that, that became apparent to me watching them this time. But what I did, you know, when each of these movies finished, despite the issues that I have, I still really enjoyed them and had a great time. Yeah. I just realized how low these movies are rated. Like They're like in the threes, like low threes. Out of fives. What are your thoughts on the first movie? I think it's great. I think it's really good. Really, really good. One of the best of the four, I think. Mm-hmm. Here's something that I think is really good. For Also, I think this is for all four. The beginning of these movies, all four of them open really strong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and in the first, like, five minutes of this one, there's a lot of, like, like storytelling mm-hmm. and... and, and like, exposition. Exposition, world building, yeah, uh, just and it's not in dialogue. It's just like yeah, visual. Here's what we learned very early on: the Hunger Games are really scary because the movie basically opens with Prim screaming because she's scared that she's gonna go. Yeah, all right, we're not messing around. This is scary, right? In in Candace's little bit in the woods, mm-hmm. we can figure out hunting is illegal. Cool, you know. She's sneaking out through a fence. Clearly, she's not supposed to be doing this. We also learn she's very good at it. We see her, like, running, uh-huh. and you don't hear a sound. So she can, like, move really silently. You know, she's good with a bow and arrow. We learn about, you know, Gale and Katniss, and just in the little bit that they have, that they talk to each other, it's like, oh, you guys are tight. Yeah. Like, you, you yeah. guys are ride or die. Even if there's no romance between you yet. Mm-hmm. And just the general... Lighting and contrast in District 12, it's like, oh, you guys are, like, poor, poor. Yeah. Like, this is lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. Which then, later in the movie, gets contrasted beautifully with just the bright colors and, and lower yeah. contrast in the capital, where it's like, this is this is the high life, baby. <clears throat> Actually, yeah, like, and all the districts have, like, different styles of color. Yeah. Like, as in, they're edited differently. Like, post-production, they've put different filters over the different districts, and I think it's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, continue. That's what I have for the, okay, the stuff, but <laughs> this is going to come up again. And 
why would we wait to talk about this? The soundtrack in these movies freaking oh my slaps, goodness. dude. James Newton Howard is amazing. It's so good. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like, you know, I knew the, the whistle tune. Oh, yeah. You know, everyone remembers that. But I'm watching it and, like, even, like, the, the themes that they have for, like, the Capitol, like, yeah. on the TV, I'm like, this is good. Yeah. Yeah, this James Newton Howard for you. He's incredibly talented. Yeah, he's uh he's worked on some bad movies. <laughs> but uh he's worked on some great movies too though. Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh but you know, I'm thinking about Fantastic Beasts specifically. Green Lantern. Uh I complain about the Fantastic Beasts movies. It's not the soundtrack, it's everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern, that's not my complaint about yeah. the movies. I loved the Green Lantern theme when I was a kid. I was just on the menu because the movie sucked. But I just played the menu because it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, what, do you have any notes about District 12? District 12 specifically? Yeah, I'm thinking the beginning of the movie before they go to the Capitol. Okay. Uh, they have like that, I guess, grayscale-ish? Yeah. To make it seem dirty? Yeah. I think that, like you get that feeling of like, like you're in the slums kind of thing. You know, everything's yeah. like grimy. Even like they're at the, the shop place, my goodness. The market. The market. And you're like, just the sets and everything, they just looked so used and old. Very, very good visuals. Agreed. Here's a note. Uh, everyone in the Capitol looks like a freak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of fun, but also some of those people are hard to look at. It's like, that's, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I, like... You know, that works well for, like, these people are so in excess of wealth that this is what they're choosing to do with themselves because this is what wealth looks like. Yeah, and might as well spend money on something. It just looks terrible. Yeah. Which I think is kind of fun because then it's like, you meet Cinna and Candace is like, oh, look, a real person. Yeah. He has, like, gold eyeliner and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, good for you, Lenny Kravitz, just being a normal guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point of yeah. how weird they look yeah because it's showing how uh distasteful they are yeah yeah uh, one of this movie's biggest strengths i think is the pacing the speed at which they move mm -hmm. through the first half of the movie we 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 learn like everything we need to and like the games are about half start about halfway through the movie and it doesn't feel like whoa whoa, whoa. are we here already it's like oh no we, we know what we need to know. Everything's been set. Let's start. Yeah. And I'm like, that's good. Mm hmm Yeah. It just, they kept things moving. You know exactly yeah. what you need to know. You know, like, especially with the other tributes. Like, okay, we don't like them. These guys are all right. You know, we kind of know where things stand. Yeah. I feel like it, it could have been very possible for a production like this to be like, all right, we got to already be in the games 30 minutes in. Because that's the story, right? Yeah. And, like, spend the rest of the movies there. But I'm glad that they... Reflected upon the actual books and had the author helping write with yep. them to, I guess, give time to the things that mattered, that actually matter as well. Yeah. Uh, one moment I really like right before the game start. <clears throat> um, this is right after PETA announces to the entire capital that he has a crush on Katniss. And Katniss gets really mad at him. And mm -hmm. she has him like, pinned up against the wall and Haymitch... Which I, I got Hamish. I, I love Hamish. Uh, it's like, like settle down. 
Like, yeah. exactly. And she's like, well, he's saying all these things. Yeah, yeah. And he just yells at one point. He's like, it's a television show. You know, about yeah. the Hunger Games and stuff. And it's like, what an interesting line to throw in there because, like, you're sending kids to die and kill each other. Like, this is brutal. But there is that other side where it, it is a television show. Mm-hmm. And in order for things to work, you have to present these narratives and you have to, like, play things up. Yeah. Especially if you want a fighting chance at this. Yeah. And it's like, he's very aware of both sides and I really liked him just yelling that. Like, it's a television show. Like, yeah, yeah you're very aware of the one side of this going in. Mm-hmm. You need to understand the other side or you're not going to make oh, it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Woody Harrelson was just great in this movie. Yes, he is. He's great in all of them. Yeah. Are we ready to talk about the games? Yeah, I think we can go to the games. Uh, I think that oh. the violent... Yes. Say, <laughs> I want to talk about Stanley Tucci. I could watch him for days. He's so good. <laughs> He's so over the top. He, uh, it's perfect. He's perfect. He is. It's oh, hilarious. Amazing. So oh, entertaining. That Toby Jones is just there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, he, he has like more to say, like, when they do bits during the games. Yeah. Uh, but he's just there and he's kind of like just overshadowed by the fact that, that Caesar Flickman's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's like that one friend, like trying to keep up with his extroverted friend. That's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. that's great. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, in the games, I think the violence is really well done. Yes. It's very brutal. Not glorified. And it's not gory either. Yeah. Um, like it, like especially at the beginning, there's a bloodbath at the, at the center there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that dude just like crushed that guy's skull. Yeah. But but it's not like, it's not focusing you, you don't, on you don't see too yeah. much, which is good because I like, I was really not not was really young, but I was much younger when these movies came out, mm. and like, you want those early teenagers to be able to go and see this and if you have like flesh being torn off well you can't that's yeah. gonna raise the rating and then you you know a lot of your target demographic is going to be able to see it but yeah. i think they they rode that line really well mm-hmm. between like how much you show yeah definitely and it's like oh like these these murders are brutal <laughs> oh yeah uh but i'm not throwing up you know no. yeah yes I uh, so, like, very early on, um, Kenneth kind of grabs a backpack and runs into the woods, and uh, she's just kind of hunkered down, and she sees a butterfly. Oh, and she's in the woods, which is, like, perfect for her, because this is the environment that she's very familiar with, and at the beginning of the movie, we saw how comfortable she is in this, and a butterfly lands on her finger, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is, like, real. Like, I got this. Mm-hmm. And then she turns and looks, and one of the, like, knobs on the tree moves, yeah. And she realizes that it's a camera, and it's like, oh, this isn't real, actually. Like, this yeah. is all fake. And I thought that that very quick, like, oh, this is real to this is fake, Yeah, was just a really cool thing to add. I think that Jennifer, we, we haven't even talked about our main character so much. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Lawrence, I think, is incredible in this movie. And I think she does a really good job when she's in pain. Yeah. I think that her screaming out in pain, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I can buy that. That's yeah. good. Um, and I think that's just something that she does really well. Um, I think that certain actors have like certain things 
like that they do really well. Um, anytime that Martin Freeman has to cry on screen, I gotta get a Kleenex because I'm gonna start crying too. When he's crying at the end of the third Hobbit, because all of his friends are dead, oh, I was yeah. like, yeah. "Dang, dude! Like, you're making me tear up." Yeah, and I didn't even know them. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for Jennifer Lawrence, I think it's it's pain and, and yeah. anguish. Yeah, for sure. Very good. Very well done. Uh, some stuff I did not like. And this all happens in the la- later half of the movie. I was going to ask about something. You can ask? No, I'll, I'll see if you talk okay. about it. <laughs> uh, they cut to... And look, I like Stanley Tucci. But they cut to him just very blatantly explaining things that are happening. They're like, oh look, it's Tracker Jackers. They have venom that can cause hallucinations, yeah. and it can do this, that and this, and this, and this. <laughs> and I'm like, if you removed that, I would put that together. Yeah. I could figure that out. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, that's we, what I was going to ask you about, is the scene where she's hallucinating, and then he like walks out from behind the tree and is like explaining it. It's like, I know. <laughs> Why uh, would she hallucinate you? <laughs> yeah. uh, also, when she goes, when the... What do they call them? The careers have made the, the pile of food in the middle. And you see all the mounds of dirt. And she's looking at it. And then they cut to uh, to Tucci and Jones. And they're like, well, you see what they've done. Is they've dug up all the mines. And they've placed them around the pile of food. We'll see if she can figure that out too. Which she just does. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I figured that out. Thank you. I didn't need you to just <clears throat> tell me that. I, I think that one has more of a purpose being there. I think the Tracker Jacker one is weird because she's hallucinating him at this point. Yeah. And it's like, what is going on? Whereas that one, it's like, yeah, they're announcers. So you're watching them announce because this is what would happen. Because you, you've watched like TV shows where the announcer says something you're like, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think that kind of adds something to it. Although there was also the part where it's like, this is still a movie. Yeah. And it's like, it feels weird getting the exposition like that when I'm like, yeah, I'm watching it happen. But I feel like that's kind of the point. But I don't feel that it's executed perfectly. Yeah. But I understand why they're doing that. Whereas the Tracker Jack one, I'm just like, just take that out. Uh, two more things that I did not love in this movie. Now, the one, I can see an argument against what I have to say. After Rue dies, you see the riots in District 11. And I don't like that we see that in this movie. The argument would be, against my point... Well, they didn't know if they were getting a sequel or not. Yeah, but you assumed you were getting one because you hired Donald Sutherland as President Snow. You're not getting that caliber of actor and being like, we're probably only going to need you for five minutes of one movie. Also, there are other books to do that they definitely want to. Um, It felt kind of out of place, and I feel like it would have been more impactful... If, in the second movie, when they get there, you find out everything that happened afterwards, and you're like, oh. And then that would really, I think, build on the catching fire theme that the Rebellion is catching fire. Because you would see it in that movie. Yeah. And not have it be like... Or, or uh, you see it in that movie, but you would see it for the first time in that well, movie. Well, like, here's like that reveal that, like, this stuff is going on outside. Because, whereas yeah. in, in the books, you're reading it, and you're like, this is confined to the capital. Yeah. And the arena. And that's pretty much all you're seeing once they leave District 12. Yeah. Whereas in Catching Fire, they go back and you're, you're noticing that all the stuff that you read in the uh, experience in the last one has affected way other, yeah. way more places than yeah. you realized. So yeah. I think that would 
I agree with you on that one. Yeah, so I I would even I would just take that entire clip and just make it the beginning yeah, of the second movie. Yeah, just put it in the second movie. It's a great clip. Don't get me wrong, yeah. and the music is incredible when it's happening. But it's like just one movie later would be nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here, let me ask you about this. Uh, it's almost the end of the games. There's three people left. Oh, They okay. throw in the mutts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How do you feel about the mutts? Uh, now listen. I think that scene sucks. <laughs> I don't hate anything in these movies. So I don't feel super strongly. But the point of the mutts were in the book... Like, they saw their eyes, and they're like, that's Rue's eyes. Yeah. And that's how terrifying they were. Whereas this one, they're just like, they're just some wolves that look weird. They look very CG. Oh, they're, they're, the CG's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the visuals of this movie are incredible. Except And the cinematography is beautiful. And oh my goodness, all the editing, it's great. And then those guys show up, you're like, you spent all your money on the other stuff, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> they look really bad. And it's because they take out... They're just wolves. Like, yeah. that's their purpose, is they're just like, rawr, we're gonna get you. Whereas, like, in the book, they were terrifying. And, like, and eerie, and like off-putting. Like, you were disturbed. Yeah, and them. mutt was, like, short for mutation, because yeah. they mutated the yeah, bodies exactly. and stuff. Now they're like, mutt, well, we call wolves mutts. <laughs> like, oh, you missed that one. And I feel that that was, like... Because the author was involved with this, but I'm like, what happened there? That you're like, yeah, you can take out the meaning of the scene. Even, even, like, and I, I don't love being like, well, the book did this instead. But when Cato gets taken by the dogs, and I get it with the rating and everything, but in the books, the dogs, like, eat him. And he's, like, missing all of his skin. He's that was definitely a random thing. <laughs> and then that's why Katniss shoots him, because she's like, I need to do him in mercy. And this one, he's just like, ah, ah, and she's like... I guess I can shoot you. No, I'm. I think that all that stuff is still kind of happening. You're just they're surrounding him, so they're not showing it because they're like, we can't put this in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm the reason I'm comparing stuff to the book is the stuff that I want to compare is like, what's the nuance and meaning of the scene, yeah. and how did they either do it right or how did they butcher that meaning? Like, like the the, the mutts. I'm saying the reason I'm comparing that is because. They're so creepy, and then you just, you did it so terribly. Yeah. Again, I don't actually hate it, but it is like, ah, come on. <laughs> Especially because, yeah, it, I watched these movies a few years ago, and then I got to watch them again for this episode, and I was like, this is probably the thing that has, like, I've come to accept this is like the worst part of this movie. <laughs> yes. This yeah. three minute segment right here. Yeah, it's probably my least favorite part of all of them, actually. <laughs> uh,. Rest of the movie, I think, is solid. Yeah, ends very well. Yeah, here's something cool. I think is really cool, and this can be a, a nice segue into the second movie. Unless you have any other thoughts about the first one, no, it's good. At the end of the first one, you watch uh, Wes Bentley, whose character's name is Seneca Crane, I think, the yeah, game maker, yeah, yeah. and he walks into the room and there's the nightlock berries, and you're like, oh, he's gonna kill himself. Now here's a nice bit of salty that I was like, I feel like I never fully understood and appreciated what happened until this time that i watch it but he walks in he sees the berries and off camera he's like i don't want to go out that way and then he hangs himself instead mm -hmm. and i was like 
that is cool. Not that he kills himself, but yeah. but the way that 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 information gets passed to us and how that gets gets shown. Yeah, I wouldn't only say he kills himself. I would say he's forced to die. Yes, <laughs> and that's the way that he chose to do it. Um, I was like, that is fascinating. That is subtlety, like a lot of these movies don't do. But that was yeah. just it was just something that I was like, this is yeah, it was very so neat. I know. It's great. I said that the pacing was spot on in the first one, getting to the games. I feel like in the second movie, it takes perhaps just a wee bit too long for the games to start. It's like an hour and a half in, and it's like, okay, now the games are about to begin. And I know a lot happens, but it's like, oh man, there's a lot to, there's a lot of stuff before. before well, the reason... Going. I think you feel that is because you're like, there's a lot of stuff that they have to cover. When they get to the games, you're like, there's still a lot more stuff you need to cover here. Yeah. But you've used up most of your runtime before this. Yeah. I just remember when it was in theaters, we had told my friend's mom to come and pick us up because I couldn't drive yet at this time. And then there were way too many trailers before the movie, so that bumped it even more. And then the movie was longer than we thought it was. And like the games had just started. And he, we looked at our watches, and we were like, you need to text your mom, dude, because we're here for another hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Opening in this movie, solid. Of course. Just hunting in the woods. The quarter quarter. And it just, it feels like, like something's happening, and we're just, we're just hopping in, like, let's see what's going on. And then it's just more hunting in the woods, you know, something we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't feel like, like a... Like, they're babying you into this next movie. It's like, no, we're just gonna... This is where the story's picking up now, and this is where you're hopping yeah. in. Rock on. Oh, I'm yeah. on board with this. What do you think about, like, the, the tour sequence? Or montage? Where they go to the different districts? Yeah. That whole section? Uh, Some great acting. Yeah. Woody Harrelson... I mean, come on, right? My man. <laughs> My man. So every time he's like, you guys you guys don't fully understand what you did. You started this and you have to play it for the rest of your lives. It, like, he's really selling that. Yeah. Like, doing good stuff. Uh, the District 11 scene, I think it's really solid. In oh, yeah. And again, like that showing enough but not going too far. When that old man gets executed in front of the entire populace. Yeah. It's like you see just stuff and, and you're like, oh my goodness but it's not horrifying to look at right yeah gory at least um they they go to district 11 and i wonder because it's like pretty locked down yeah right it's very like they've got reinforcements there because of what happened in the first movie yeah i think that would have yeah been better to be like get there and just notice this before seeing how it was beforehand Mm -hmm. yeah so i do agree with that in, in terms of going back to the last one and that scene. Yep. Being in the wrong movie. Yeah. yeah it's definitely interesting. Uh, there's the tour. Yeah, it, it's interesting because there there are those moments where it's like they're trying to sell their romance. They're doing a terrible job. And they're, they're being so yep. cardboard and they're delivering, which is you know part of that performance. It's not them being bad actors. It's the role that they're playing requires this of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the story that they're playing 
all along, and then you know that plays off of Snow saying, "Was like, no, you need to convince me that you're in love, otherwise I'm gonna like bring your village to the ground." Yeah. And then they get there, oh, and, the and thing is just and oh, chills. Salty again. I love Snow shaking his head no because it's everything it's with so, snow in these movies. It's so Something like, like we we shakes his head no. It's barely, but you can just tell that it's he's moved just enough to be like, "No, nah, you didn't do it." You're like, "Oh no." Here's this movie. Oh, okay. You got Donald Sutherland doing a great job. Yeah. Who do they pair him up with? Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. When the two of those guys are just sitting oh. down and just acting, it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. This is amazing. This is what I want. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. This is this is what movies are. Yeah. This is oh, and just the way that they bounce off each other. Yes, please. This is yeah. Good, good stuff. And there's a few moments with the, just the two of them just acting oh yeah like, oh yes you did <laughs> you yes. did it you did it yeah um an episode i'd like to do sometime in the future would be like a a failed franchise yeah <laughs> launching let's do it and because there's so many different hunger games adjacent stories yeah where they did the first one they never got a second one and i feel like part of it is that you know you only had so much talent there that only got you so far. There's solid talent in these movies. Oh yeah, and look, Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutcherson, they do a good job. Absolutely, but the supporting cast is phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like uh, I like Commander Thread, the the new peacekeeper in in District Twelve. Yeah, he's like the the a good amount of like intimidating and gruff. Yeah, and like breakdown. It's not so far that it's like comical Mm -hmm. like cartoon bad guy uh yeah 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 they did him pretty well um i liked him whipping well i didn't like him whipping you but i thought that scene was well done oh yeah absolutely what do you think about um like the lead up to the games when they go back to the capital like the minute they get to the capital to go back to the games to the minute they uh enter the games like that whole section because you talked about pacing being long before the games how well do you think they handled that part i think it has its moments yeah of good and bad um there are some like there's essential moments in there like i think katniss talking to mags and talking to iris and bd yeah and specifically with them where the moment where they're like jeffrey wright yeah i remember oh yeah where they like i totally forgot about that notice the flickering in the force shield there because that comes back a few times um yeah. Moments like that are good. There is a few... The, okay, so... I, what's her character's name? She's played by Jenna Malone. Uh, she is the one who gets naked in the elevator. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't love that scene. That kind of felt like... You know what's funny? Naked people. So let's put this in there. I'm like, that wasn't... We didn't necessarily need to do that. Yeah. But... There are a number of moments with her that I really like. I like when Katniss is about to go on stage and she's in the wedding dress. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like you wore a wedding dress? And then she's like, President Snow made me wear it. And just the face acting on Jenna Malone is like, oh. Like, you've been in this for less than a year. And you're already being played like a tool like the rest of us are. Yeah. Respect. I got you now. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, we talked about it in the last movie. Stanley Tucci. I mean, 
Come on, standing ovation. This is oh yeah. <laughs> he he. It's just a delight to watch. It's a shame that he's part of such a terrible system. Yeah, <laughs> but, but man, what a ton of fun! And watching him like react to like everything when all the tributes are talking to him. Yeah, great, great, absolutely. The games, ready the for games? games? Yeah, I'm ready for the games. Uh, here's something that I like. Uh, when Candace hops in the tube, and the guards show up and just beat the crap out of Cinna. <laughs> As she's going in, she can't do anything about it. I remember that moment coming, and remember that in the books, yeah. and I'm like, you need to do this good. They did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you did this good enough. Uh, I believe that she's, like, completely shaken and, like, disoriented going into the games now. Yeah. Because of what she just experienced. Oh, it's terrible. Because they wait till it closes to be like, all right, now we're going for it. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> Very well done, though. Uh, here's a fun... I remember... When we did the Fast and Furious episode. Yeah. Uh, and I mentioned that the suspend, suspend sound rings supreme. Yeah. Uh, there's one of those when Candace enters the arena in the second game. Oh, yeah. And uh, I couldn't help but giggle. I think they used it well, though. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely better than the, than the seven, seven times a minute that Fast and Furious used it. Yeah. Uh, going back to that shield glimmer... Uh, when they're walking towards the force field, mm -hmm. and it's just there, and it takes Katniss a minute to notice it, but it reminded me a lot of in the first Predator movie when the camera's panning oh, yeah. and you can see the Predator there. I'm like, this is so because like if you're looking for it, you can see it too. Yeah, they're just not you know showcasing it, yeah. but it's definitely there. Like it's not the main subject of the yeah. frame right now. It's like a, a fun thing that you can uh, yeah. see. Uh, also, Peta coming back to life is like the only time that i've seen cpr done like realistically in a movie like all these other movies it's either like you know do it a couple times and then fast and furious i'm thinking of the power yeah. of disney love brings them back or they just take them out of the water and they're like oh i'm good now it's like yeah. what no <laughs> or or they use the shock paddles just completely like, wrong that's what kills you <laughs> and it's never in the right places either <laughs> It's yeah. like, no, that's not what you do. Yeah, but this one... Uh, I don't put them on each nipple. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, this one wasn't perfect, like the CPR. It wasn't, like, perfect CPR, but it was, like, better. The most perfect. <laughs> the most perfect <laughs> in movies. Um, here's something that became blatantly obvious to me, and this is, looking back on the first movie, uh, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, there's no chance that PETA actually survived in these games. Yeah, no. That dude's got plot armor like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... For sure. Like, and him, like, smashing into the wall, I'm like, you know, it was invisible. So, you know, you can see why, how that happened. But there's so many things where it's like, dude, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would not survive. If this was real... And, like, your character was as written, you would not survive five minutes. Like, you're so no. dead watching this movie this time. I forgot that Mag's just up and sacrifices herself in the in the fog. Yeah. So they can carry uh, uh, PETA. And I was like, this is actually sad. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I forgot that this happened. And I wish it didn't. This is... I don't like this. Yeah. I think that whole uh, part with them in, like, the forest area. And, like, kind of the trials. Yeah. 
was very very well done yeah i i i love the clock aspect mm-hmm. of the games in this arena so creative and i love kind of how that gets revealed to us and how they figure it out with with virus being like tick tock tick tock and yeah and having to put together what that means and oh, okay so that means that every hour this and such happens it's, and what's nice about that too is it's just it's people just figuring things out mm-hmm. and that's good exposition yeah they could have like if it, they could have done it like the first movie where it's like uh you know caesar flickerman and toby jones being like well you see guys in this arena <laughs> There's 12 quadrants, like the 12 hands of a clock. And... If they did that, I would have been so mad. That would have sucked. <laughs> uh, but just having them figure it out, I really liked. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm kind of jumping to the end of the game, so I don't know if you have anything to That's say. That's just about. where I was going. Uh, what an intense oh sequence. My Oof. And again, I, I really like uh, you know, Jennifer Lawrence screaming when, mm-hmm. when she gets the tracker cut out of her arm. But... She's she was paying really well, man. Yeah. Uh, I, the moment of her shooting the shield and everything. Yeah. And it blowing up. That's really good. That's really good. Oh yeah. Really. And, and the 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 reason why this or one of the reasons why this like sequence is so captivating, like and so stressful, is because they've got the plan, and she said this is the plan. Everyone there's like this is the plan. We got you right. Yeah. With the knowledge that people betray each other. But you're hoping that they don't because that's kind of what they've agreed yeah. upon. And then everyone except for Katniss has a completely different plan. But you're watching it through her perspective. Yeah. So you know everything she knows. So everyone else has this plan to escape, essentially. Yeah. But because she doesn't know that, you don't know that. So all you know is that everyone's going along with this thing. And then no one does. It's completely a mess. <laughs> but it's actually a perfect execution of their plan. But because... That's not Katniss's plan, and you don't know about that plan. It feels like everything's going wrong. Yeah. Only to find out, no, it went according to <laughs> the plan, just not the plan you thought. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a really cool shot at the end when she's being raised yeah, up yeah. in the claw, and it jump cuts to her on the bed with the gas yeah. mask. Yeah. And as she's going up, there's this, you know, the music is oh swelling, gosh. and it's yeah. like, oh, you know, this is this incredible thing happening. Boom. Yeah. Like, you're waking up, you're hospitalized, you have a gas mask, you have an IV in your arm, you have no idea what's happening, it's dead silent, except for, like, beeping and whirring. And yeah. I was like, that's a good cut. That's a good cut. That's a good cut. <laughs> that's editing, like cut. editing done well. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah. I like Snow freaking out when he realizes that everything's going wrong and then he realizes that Philip Seymour Hoffman's gone. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, also, very small, but at the end of this movie they have the Mockingjay pin which then transforms into the Kitchen Fire logo which then transforms into the Mockingjay logo. That looks pretty sweet. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, 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 I get on that. I can't lie. That's that. pretty cool. I, <laughs> I see cool. I like it. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. What can I say? Speaking of... Uh, Transforming to Mockingjay. Shall we move on? I'm ready. Alright. So this is one book that they split up into two movies. The trend of the of the time. How how well do you think they did that? See Like do you I've, think they I've, good. I think they yeah. did it good. Okay. <laughs> to to sort of the way. 
at a point in time, I considered this the best part one of the part ones that have been done. Infinity War Endgame doesn't count. That's different. <laughs> um, but maybe it's Harry Potter. I've come to really enjoy that Deathly Hallows part one more over time. But mm. if it's not Harry Potter, then this is the one that did it best. Not like Lord of the Rings? That's part one, two, three, baby. Oh, okay. You're just talking about, like, duology. Okay, I yeah. see. Taking the last book and splitting it into two. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I see. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Divergent did that, and then they made uh, the part one of the last book, and then no one came back for part two. <laughs> <laughs> what a disaster that one was. Or then you get the the opposite, which is Maze Runner, where they take the last two books and make it into one movie, oh, which was... Geez. Was that Death Cure? That was two books? Two books. Death Cure's the third book, I think. Oh, there's no reason it sucks so much. <laughs> there's a, I, I mean, none of them were good after the first one. There's a point There's a point in that last movie, we'll come back to Hunger Games in a bit, <laughs> where it's like, oh, it's wrapping up. Man, this is a short movie. Oh, now we're starting again. Okay, and it's like, that's probably where the books... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. Uh, I have... Also a great start. Yes. These openings are intense. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just. Wow. Just <laughs> wow. Ugh. And then it just cuts from her freaking out in a tunnel. And it just hard cuts to the Hunger Games mocking J-Part when you're like, oh, like we mean business now. Yeah, we're, we're getting to it. <laughs> okay. We're not playing around here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand. I think just being thrown into that. The fact that this world is not at all what we thought it was. And they're just like, yeah, this is. We're trying to explain it to you, but you're not getting it. And we're keeping, we're, we're keep, we keep explaining what's going on, like to Katniss, right? Yeah. And she's just like, not having it. She's like, but this, like, I don't, I don't. W- w- what's going on, right? And I think that just feeling of panic, for like the first part of this movie, mm-hmm. is uh, executed beautifully, I should say. Here's something I don't think is executed so beautifully. I do have probably the most amount of cynical notes for the Mockingjay movies um but again I do think they're alright they do a few attempts at at comedic scenes and specifically in part one that I don't love uh Katniss goes to 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 coin in Plutarch and she's like I'll be your Mockingjay but you have to release all the tributes full pardons all this and that and there's that, that debate back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they're like, would you like any more pardons? And she was like, my sister gets to keep her cat. And then there's a like a pause. Like, it cuts to something else. But there's a pause in audio for like four seconds where the audience is supposed to laugh. And I was like, I don't think that's actually that funny. <laughs> uh, the other one is when she's doing the first propo on the yeah. fake set. Yeah. And then Felicity Horn's like, you were just in battle. You are supposed to do this and this. Sorry, I just got a little bit carried away there. And I'm like, that wasn't funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... No, yeah, I agree. You, that, no, that didn't work. <laughs> no, I agree with that. Yeah. Those are the two most egregious examples that I had. Um, yeah. In general, I feel like this movie is too gray. Like, they kind of go everywhere, and it feels like... 
there's like a grayscale like filter that's just like tilted on a little bit. Doesn't feel there's any color anywhere. And I get and I mean, to an extent well, that where they are is not colorful places. But even like, yeah. Uh, I feel like they could they, the movie could have been a little more visually interesting. And this applies to the second one as well. Like in the second one, uh, not, we'll, to, we'll talk, not we'll to fully we'll, transition, but okay. like Effie's wearing the capital outfits again. Um, and they feel like bland instead of like colorful. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. I think, I, yeah, I think I understand yeah. what you're saying. What about the 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 sequence? This is District 12. They go to District 12 in this one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because she starts singing. Yeah. Right. Oh. Um, <laughs> you don't like it? Uh, I loved the song when it came out because I learned all the words. Uh, now that I'm less passionate about the song, it's like, oh, like, Pitch Perfect probably just came out and they did the cup song and... You were like, we can have an iconic song on the radio too. Which they did. I think that sequence is amazing. Nice. I love it. I think it's so well done. Like when they're attacking the the dam and everything. Yeah. Or when they're just the, the everyone's dam... attacking. Like the it, the montage of just everyone rebelling is like, oh my goodness. Yeah, the dam bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I thought that that was that was pretty good. Yeah, I did like that specifically. Foggy Nelson's in this movie. Yep. But he can't speak. Nope. Uh, he was also in a movie that came out last month, uh, Kills of the Fire Moon. Don't know if you recognize him. Uh, he no. also didn't speak. He was but in he... that movie? Yeah. Weird. He was just there. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Or I guess last week when we were recording this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what else do I have to say about this one? Um, What's the end of this movie again? They get PETA back. Right, right, okay, right, right. Uh, and I think that shriveled PETA looks fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Genuinely, I think that whatever they did, whatever blend of prosthetics or, or CGI looks really good. And his terrible health. Yeah. Like, he, like, ruined himself for this. Yeah. There's a there's a little bit more editing and stuff, makeup, but that's not all fake. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that's real. It's like, oh my goodness. I also think that um, Josh Hutcherson's acting kind of ramps up as these movies go. Not that I think he was bad. Necessarily. I, I think it's because Peter's character ramps up as these movies go. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't have that much to do. <laughs> but uh, I I I do become more captivated. By him in mm-hmm. these last two. Yeah. For sure. Um, also him choking Katniss is like, oh, this is the most dangerous you've been and you've been in 200 games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think the whole time they're trying to get Peter back and they're like trying to contact Snow or whatever. Yeah. I think that's all done amazingly. Yeah. The that's tension, a, man. That's good tension. Yeah, it's good. It's hypertension. It is. I, I, yeah, I don't know much else for part one. No, we can move on to part two. Part two? Good opening. <laughs> Good opening. Her trying to speak, but, but having ruined vocal cords. Yeah. Solid. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
PETA continues to be uh, good. Also, him well, him screaming again. Yeah. Like, Wait, you need to kill her! When he's screaming at, yeah. at Prim. I'm like, dude. What happened? This is, <laughs> this is the kind of energy that you need in the Hunger Games, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, Here's a note I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Gale that gets done dirty so quick in this movie. Um, Him and Katniss kiss, but... It's weird because I I was thinking about all the times that they kiss in these movies. And the first one in Catching Fire was unconsensual. No, he, no, not this romantic moment. He just went in and kissed her, which is actually not okay. <laughs> and then every other time they kiss, he kind of manipulates her to kiss him. Where he's like, well, you'll only ever love this boy. And then she goes, no. And then she kisses him. And in the part one, he's like, I knew you'd do that. I'm like, oh, so you, like, tricked her into kissing you? That's also not cool. Yeah. And from the get-go in this movie, Gail's like, we need to kill everyone. Like, as many people as can die, we need to kill them all. And he just becomes, like, like really evil really fast. And it kind of felt like, oh, like, we can't, we need her to realistically choose PETA at the end of this movie. And if Gale is too strong of an option, then people are going to be upset. But if Gale's like, hey, let's kill babies, then it, then when, when Katniss chooses PETA, it's like, oh, PETA didn't say he was going to kill babies, <laughs> so he's better. Yeah. And I just feel like there could have been more nuance. Yeah. I didn't ever really feel strongly about Gale, so I didn't really care about all that. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah. At one point... In the movie, mm-hmm. someone says the line, "One oh, it was during the wedding, uh, uh, Finnick and Annie's wedding, and Finnick says, one life, one purpose, one destiny, and all I could think of was the end of that Bob Marley trailer. <laughs> <laughs> one life, one purpose, one destiny. And I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> nice. Looking forward to that movie. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's funny. Uh, oh, we never really talked about Finnick. What do you think of Finnick? Like, um, love Finnick. Uh, oh shoot, Sam Claflin. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't done more. I I was looking at his at his IMDb. He was in Pirates of the Caribbean, the fourth one. I and forgot about that. Wasn't very good in it. Nobody was. But that's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, no, Finnick. He does a really good job, especially in this one. I think. Yeah. Uh, Jenna Malone. I'm gonna look up her character's name when I see this. Uh, when they're at the wedding, um, Joanna. Joanna, thank you. Uh, Joanna and Katniss are talking, and Katniss says, "I need to kill Snow." Yeah. And there's just a little tweak in the way that that like she's looking at Katniss. It's very subtle acting. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah, and it's kind of what she does is just a lot of. There's a lot of subtlety in her facial performance that I'm like, this is good. Oh, yeah. Thank you for this. I think that coin is also too evil too quick in this movie. She's like, and I know she's bad. And like later on in the movie, like you find out she's the one that bombed all the children in front of President Snow's house and stuff. 
But I wish that that had come as more of a surprise instead of her being like, we're going to take out as many people as we can. If they have a chance to surrender, maybe we'll give it to them. Uh, but we're going to bomb the piss out of them and also that. And just kind of treating people around her like crap. Because that chick was buying the bombs go off and it's like, well, that probably wasn't President Snow. It doesn't really here, feel like he's yeah, here, do. Here's, here's something. Because in, in part one, she doesn't seem that evil. No. I mean, she doesn't seem like a stand-up great, citizen, but, but like... Yeah. She doesn't seem like she has, like, strictly evil intentions or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and they should have continued that on throughout this second movie until the scene of, all right, guys, we're going to, we beat them. Uh, we're going to have another Hunger Games. Yeah. And that, because that, because at that point, they, she says that you're like, what? Are you serious right now? Yeah. As opposed to like, of course she would say that. Right, so, in reading the book, here's, here's what happened with my book to movie experience. I watched the first movie, read all the books, then oh, watched the movies after, and I'd read the books a few times again in between. Very distinctly, I remember two parts in Mockingjay mm-hmm. that I think, just in the structure of the book, were done better in the book than in the movie. Um, two lines. The first one is when Gail and Peter are talking, and... They're like, listen, we're in a love triangle. She has to pick one of us. And the line is, well, I guess she's going to pick the one of us that she can't survive without. That's the end of a chapter. Mm-hmm. And it was on the right-hand page. The rest of the page is empty. Yep. And you're left sitting with that realization until you flip the page and start the next chapter. And there's like a weight to that. Where in the movie, Gail's like, well, she's going to pick the one she can't survive without. Let's go. And they just kind of move on. And I'm like, no, no, no. Hold up, this is a very important moment. Yeah. You two barely talk to each other, and now you're actually addressing the fact that you two are the ones that she is in love with, but she can't be with both of you. Yeah. Like, it has to be one of you, and sh- that's, like, yeah. the determining factor of who she's going to pick, and you just kind of brush past it. Yeah. Which, you definitely should have, I think the delivery wasn't bad, but you should have just, like, are right, we going to take a second here? Just give some reaction shots. Yeah, look reaction Candace's shots. Face, Peter's face, Gail's face, and then do something else. Yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not like a CW like cut back like da da da, yeah. da. but like a you know a, a quiet moment to just think. Like take that in. Yeah. The other one is when Candace is talking to Snow in the greenhouse, and she's like, "You bomb the children. You're you're lying," and he says, "Oh my dear." I thought we agreed never to lie to each other. Again, end of chapter, nothing on the rest of that page. You left taking that and you're like, oh wait, he didn't actually do anything. It was actually coined. And you're left thinking like, oh my goodness, this is going way differently than I thought it was. And then you flip the page and continue on. Um, But between the fact that coin's already very evil yeah, and definitely dropped those bombs. And just, I think, again, the pacing of... I'm not, am I going to insult Don Sutherland? Not a chance. He's perfect. But the line delivery is great. Don't get they, me wrong. It's just they, 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 they just move, kind of move they past move on like, immediately. But put some weight behind that, please. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a very serious moment. Here's the thing is you've got the direction of the acting, the weight behind that perfectly. But on the editing side, you just cut right to the next scene. Yeah. And it's like, please just, again, yeah, there's a couple of moments where you're just like, you just need... A brief moment to think about it, and then move on. 
as opposed to like, all right, we gotta we gotta get through these things, you know. What do you, what do you think about um, their whole time in the capital, like going 76th through six hundred games? That's yeah, what Finn calls it. yeah, like yeah, the yeah, pods right, and right, stuff. Right. Yeah, I don't like how it starts where they're like, we're gonna shoot a bunch of propos. I'm like, isn't the war supposed to be ending? Like yeah. theoretically, you should end this tomorrow, and then you won't need propaganda anymore. Yeah. Um, once they, and also walking into that courtyard. I'm like, what are you doing? This is so obviously a trap. Yeah. Like a perfect box to lock you <laughs> yeah. in. Why would you walk in there? Especially in the like, we need to keep the mock and Jay safe. This is our top priority. The, don't go in there. It's so <laughs> dumb. Um, but after that, and kind of them being like, okay, we're, we're actually changing mission now. We're going to go get snow. At that point, I think it gets good. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the, the mutts? In this one. Is that what they're called? I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. They just call them mutts again. Yeah. Um, good. That's a tense moment. Good, good tension. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. They, that was a little change from the book. How so? Um, like the, the physical form. They were more like lizardy, I guess. And in this one, they, were, they walk like people. Well, they like, look like the guys from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, actually, yeah, that, that's it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, which is, I think, so creepy. Yeah. They're so disgusting. Yeah, that, I think that was one then. Uh, how did you feel? We You mentioned it briefly, that meeting that they had with all the tributes and, and coins. Like, we're going to do, uh, I'm going to be the president until I decide I don't want to be. And also, we're doing higher games uh, with all the capitals, children. How did you like that scene? How did I like the scene? Yeah, the the delivery of the scene. Yeah, or the content of the scene. The content's really good. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. And again, I think this it would just benefit from not really having coin on your radar. Yeah. Before this, to be like that's like this seems like out of the blue. Whereas you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, like, makes sense that you'd say that. You're definitely evil, but again, I think it wasn't a bad scene. I, I won't say that, but I, I don't think that it was the best it could have been. Yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah. I, it also feels like that was maybe shot near the end of filming because no one's really bringing it. Yeah, and like it, it's kind of like there's not a much, like, I vote not yes. much depth to the scene, I guess. I, I vote no. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Not much weight. Yeah. Uh, one of the... I saw all four of these in theaters. And by the time the fourth one came out, we are all excited to see how they showed the ending of this. I went on the Thursday night, premiere night, uh, premium theater that we had at the time called AVX, Ultra AVX. Uh, and I was sitting pretty near the front and feeling excited. This is good. Like, this is exciting. And it's the moment, you know, Candace has walked with, with the, all the people behind her. She's with a bow and arrow. She's going to shoot snow. Here's the thing. It's Thursday night. Everyone's excited for the movie. 100%. Everyone in the theater has read the book. We all know what's about to happen. She's not going to shoot snow. She's going to shoot coin. We all know this is happening. But they do the, the tension and the boat comes up and everything. Uh... 
and it's wait, what's gonna happen? Is she gonna shoot him? Oh, what's gonna happen? And this girl in the back corner of the theater goes, <laughs> giggles. The rest of us burst out laughing, and the whole room is laughing as she shoots coin because we all knew it was coming and we thought it was hilarious that someone giggled. And so the, the the tension of that moment has forever been ruined because I can't imagine not being in a room full of people just busting their gut. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a good I well think done scene. Good <laughs> but but the the weight of that is forever ruined for me because someone giggled. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. What do you think about the epilogue? Like after the fact. It's I like it more in the book. Like it really gets to her head what she's done and everything and like she's in that room for like weeks and she tries to kill herself by not eating but then she can't stop the temptation of food when it comes and stuff. Like that last chunk is so much more in the book and so much more interesting stuff versus what appears she spent like three hours in that room maybe and then they say we're just going to send you off to 12 and we'll deal with stuff later. Yeah. I I really like the stuff in 12, I guess. Yeah. Like after with PETA. And I think it's a beautiful ending, like writing-wise. Uh, but I will say it, it feels, to me anyway, like, and I, I think also to you because you just basically said this, but the book, uh, the author was like taking her time with it, right? And she's like, I'm making sure that my point is getting across like how this has affected her right and like get get this through your head kind of thing like this is what's going on with her mind and after the fact whereas the movie rather than being like because it's a it's a it's a struggle i guess between like how much time spent on this is too much time after the climax yeah and how much is not enough and i don't think they did enough but not not like way (laughs) too less than was needed but just enough too much less <laughs> that it's noticeable. Enough less that it's noticeable that they should have done it. Like, it does, just a couple minutes more. It does feel a bit rushed. Yeah. Where where it's like, it, let's get you home so you can marry Peta. Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, there's the climax. Um, There's a scene. They did the scene, sort of, just like a small portion of the scene. And they're yeah. like, all right, now we can get onto that uh, closing monologue. See you later. Yeah. But I, I don't think the closing monologue was bad. I, I really enjoyed it. The, the really Nightmares one? Yeah. Yeah. But just, good. it's like, they rushed, the, they rushed the stuff before she went to 12, I felt. And maybe a little bit at 12, too. Hi, hindsight being 2020, knowing what Jennifer Lawrence looks like as she's older, the aging effect that they put on Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence looks so funny. Yeah. It's like, that's not how you age <laughs> at all. No. It's, oh, it's, it's I got a kick out of that. Yeah. Which isn't anything wrong with the movie. Of course, they're like, they don't know what she's going to look like. What she's gonna look like. Yeah. It's just funny comparing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. Good good movies. Good movies. I love them. Despite all of our, any of our complaints or issues, and they're pretty solid. And yeah. And none, none, none of my complaints are like, you've ruined it. Yeah. It's like, ah, I think. Whatever, you did other stuff good. There is a reason that this got all the movies made and is now getting a prequel. Yeah. And other series haven't been able to pull it off. There is a, a genuine level yeah. of quality here. Oh, absolutely. That the other ones don't have. Yeah. Uh, we won't do rankings because we're going to throw in the fifth one. 
or the zero one because it's a prequel so it's before one hunger games year zero <laughs> year 25 year 10 is it is it the 10th the 10th hunger? annual hunger games i thought it was the 25th oh that's my bad yeah well we can be quick with this uh <laughs> any thoughts or predictions going on? honestly uh i pre-ordered the book when it came out right so i was like i can't wait to read this so i'll like have thoughts and predictions about like you know what i know based on the book but also i haven't read the book <laughs> yet so. i also bought the book I'm, i don't know and didn't read it <laughs> and i don't have it right now because i gave it to someone else who is also currently not reading it, <laughs> Love <So>. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think i, I could not it. tell you what the story at some point the 10th hunger games is going to happen i know like the who the main character is rachel Ziegler. Mm, no. or president Pre- young president but i'm president so Unprecedented. So. <laughs> Cornelius, I think his name is. Yeah. Cast looks pretty sweet in this one too. It does. I'm very excited. Um. There was, uh, in the first movie, I think we see a clip of the Hunger Games, and they mentioned the rubble of a building, and I was like, in the trailer for the new one, there's like rubble when we see them fight. We don't see a ton of the Hunger Games, I don't think. And I was like, I wonder if this is the games that they're talking about in the first movie. That'd be kind of cool. That would be. I don't know. I don't remember which, or if they specified what Hunger Games that was. Oh, I don't what? remember a number. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's time to go. I think it's time to go. Let's go to the movies. I volunteer! I volunteer as tribute! And we're back. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Sure. Um... Perhaps unbeknownst to you, some time has passed since the recording of the the first part and, and this part. Correct. But we have now seen The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Correct. 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 And uh, we're going to share our thoughts. Yeah. Now, run this by you. Here's what I'm thinking. Given that the movie came out a week and a half ago, I think spoiler free, we'd be very quick about it. Sure. Because I don't want to waste time, you know, dancing around vagueness. Yes. When a lot of people have already seen it. Correct. Uh, so, spoiler free and very vague. I think it's really solid. Yep. I would really recommend watching it, especially if you're a fan of the Hunger Games franchise. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll go into more <laughs> detail if you stick around for spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiler free thoughts. I think it is very well done, much like how I think that the other movies are well done. So, like, if you're a fan of Hunger Games or you just like that kind of, you know, dystopian uh, young adult genre. This universe, even. Oh, yeah, this will be a great movie to add to the collection. Yeah. Yeah. This will fit into the box set nicely. Yes. For people who still like physical media. Except me. I've got the, like, a special collector's edition not blu-ray shaped uh box set of the four at all and then it's just gonna have this normal blu-ray next to it <laughs> sucks but oh well yeah yeah spoilers yeah spoilers boom right. there you go uh we're getting spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled stop listening yeah i'm not about to jump in here with uh you know a crazy reveal from the movie but from here on i'm not gonna hide or anything yeah uh and what i would like to do first is I want to share my negative thoughts about the movie first. Absolutely. Because I have more positive thoughts. Yes. And I don't want to end the episode with my negative thoughts and no. then make it sound like I didn't enjoy this, because I did. 
much like all of these movies, there are criticisms, but yes, most of it is positive. Yes. Uh, was there anything for you that that didn't work, or you you had maybe some issues with that didn't work for me? Yeah. Okay, I will say that, but I will say that in this last week, I did read the book. Yeah. So pretty much all of my criticisms come from experiencing the book first and then seeing how they adapted certain storylines. Yeah. But I wanted to, I want to hear what you, who you have not read the book, right? This is your first time experiencing the story. Yeah. I kind of want to, I kind of want to, I'm excited to know what criticisms you have first. Yeah. Uh, And looking ahead to yours, I think that the criticisms of book to movie adaptation are particularly valid for this book. Yeah. Because this one was written I mean, let's be real. She knew that it was going to be a movie. Right? Oh, absolutely. The book so, wasn't out and they already announced that they were making a movie. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there was definitely that knowledge where, whereas, you know, talking about the adaptations for the first three, well, maybe those weren't necessarily written with the thought of it being a movie in mind, but the fourth one, yeah. I think that's a valid thing to think about. Uh, I, I kind of have three and a half categories i think that my complaints would do okay, okay first one uh you know what the movie is a bit long <laughs> yeah and it, it it feels it a little bit it's definitely been worse in other movies where it's like oh my goodness are we still going but when the movie's done you, you kind of get up and you stretch you're like yeah that was definitely two hours 40 <laughs> uh yeah i mean you know yeah, see, <laughs> see, that's funny. That's why I wanted to hear your your, your um, discrimination. No, your criticism. Yeah. First, not having read the book because having read the book, I'm like, wow, that was a speed run. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is it is like by far the longest book. Yeah. Like way longer than the other ones. It looks like it on the on the yeah, bookshelf. Yeah. And not all of it was a speed run, but they did like change certain yeah. pacing things and like exposition that's delivered um, way later. They just put it way earlier, like the Jabber Jays. There's a whole thing where he's, um, Snow is like working with scientists in District 12 to capture the Jabber Days. And that's still in the movie, but it's like just happening it's on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like all of that exposition is delivered there. And early in the movie, it's just he's being stitched up by Viola Davis's character. And she's just like, oh, yeah, those are Jabber Jays over there. And this is what they do. And it's like for all you guys who don't remember from the other movies. It's yeah. Like, Thanks. But yeah. My second criticism is that. You know, tell me if you if you agree with this, but for me, I felt like the characterization of Snow was not fully in line with the President Snow that we see in the future. There's glimpses of it, but even at times, I felt that the glimpses were like very aggressive, and it's like, oh shoot, we've gone too far into sympathetic and likable, so he's just going to shoot someone now. And I, I just wish, you know, I can think of a couple things like if he had sold out his, his buddy Sejanus and then you never saw him feel remorse for that, I feel like that would be more on brand with the guy that we know in the future who's just killing everyone and anyone who gets in his way to maintain his power. Mm-hmm. And I felt that he was perhaps just a little bit too likable. Especially, you know, I don't think that a main character of a story needs to be liked. Like, like, likeable, yeah. 
you know, like a show that we really enjoy, Breaking Bad or Better Call. Well, I would say I kind of like Saul Goodman, but Breaking Bad, Walter White is not a good guy, but you're totally invested in watching his story. Mm-hmm. And I wish that it had been a little more like, man, this guy's doing some messed up things, and you're invested in that, unless, oh, he's, I kind of like what he's doing here, and this and that. Okay, I will speak to that. <laughs> I will speak to that um, by saying, and also comparing it with Breaking Bad again, now that you put that idea in my head, uh, but I, 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 I thought the characterization was very well done, because this is 18-year-old Snow, and in Hunger Games, the first one, he's... How old is he? Well, okay, so that depends on where you look. He would be about 70 because... Bro's 82? Yeah, he's 82 years old in the first Hunger Games movie. Yeah, that would line up with... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, but you have, you have to you have to realize that, like, this is teenage Snow, and even, like, give him two years, he'll be a completely different person. Yeah. That's just how it works. Like, I look back at my 15-year-old self, and I'm like, wow. Like, wow. Loser. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no, no, but, like, you know, <laughs> you, you change, especially given, like, 64 years of this growth as a, as a person. Like, yeah. he's not going to be at all the same. Like, I think that if he was really close to what he is, 64 years later, it'd be like, wow, you aren't written like a real person at all then. Because, like, you don't stay the same over that time. And bring it to Walter White, um, you're like, wow, because Walter White isn't a likable person. But he is at the beginning. Like, end, end of Breaking Bad Walter White and beginning of Breaking Bad Walter White are completely different people. Yeah. Like, not at all the same. And that's kind of like... Like, you look at... um, If you saw end of Breaking Bad Walter White first... <laughs> and then went back to beginning. Like, if they were to make a prequel like that, you'd be like, oh, that's not Walter White at all. Like, why are you... Why are you sympathetic? Yeah. Right? It's just kind of character development over time. So I did, I did like, his writing? Characterization? Yeah, yeah. There you go. And my third one, which... I... I you, you definitely know this one's coming. Uh, there are... And it... It's mostly two, ah, three things that I thought were just very obvious in your face. This is a Hunger Games movie. Remember the previous movies? I have a counter argument for this. I, I'm excited. I have three things that I did not like that they did in this one. Mm-hmm. First one, this is, I'll do kind of backwards order. The first one. Is that the movie ends with the Donald Sutherland quote, which they put in the? I didn't like it in the tra- the you know the ones that we love most or the ones that destroy us or whatever. And I was like, oh, I didn't like that in the trailer. And then the movie ends with that, and I was like, Come on, guys, mm-hmm. I did not want that there. Number two, they're sitting at the pond, and uh, and they bring Lucy Gray a weed from the lake. And she's like, oh, yeah, we eat the roots. Uh, some people call it swamp potato, but we call it, and she almost looks at the camera and winks and goes, Katniss. And then there's a, a pause for the audience to be like, oh, that's like the name of the person from the other movies. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. First of all, I think it's stupid that we're name dropping Katniss in this movie. But it also means that the leader of your rebellion was named after the roots of a weed in a lake. 
You didn't know. Also called yeah, Swamp in, Potato? Just in the Hunger Games. Like it was said in the book that that's just what it was. That she was named after the plant. Like how her sister was also named after a plant. Because they're named like, after plants. Didn't like it. And I thought the name drop was, was bad. And then I hate... I like I like the songs in this movie, except I hate that they sing the Hanging Tree song three times in this movie. Okay. Don't like it at all. Alright, well, counter arguments here. Starting with Snow, his uh, line at the end of the movie they didn't like. Um the end of the book ends with the same scene, right? Snow killing Dinklage and everything. So then Snow End of the book is, you read, because it's a book, right? So you read yeah. his thoughts, or a third-person view of his thoughts. And because it's a movie, you, 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 have, you have the choice of how you want to adapt those thoughts, right? Like, do we just show, like, his face, and the audience picks up on something? Do we have, like, a, an inner monologue, or, like, what are, what are we doing here? And movies do a lot of different things. But the end of the book ends with one of, one of his thoughts is him saying... He'll never love again, right? Because he loved Lucy and she manipulated him like that. Or he manipulated her, she manipulated him. All that stuff. He was like, I'm never going to love someone again where I can be put in that position. He says, when I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry someone I don't love or, in fact, someone that I hate <laughs> so that I, I can never be manipulated by them. So, them putting the quote in there, first of all, fan service. Fan service isn't always bad, and I, I did enjoy it. And also, it is an alternative way of showing him develop that worldview now, the things we love most destroy us. Like, by putting that quote in, it's, like, also communicating that that's now him developing that worldview. So it's kind of cool. I can't remember what your other ones were. What The Katniss and and the Hanging Tree. Song. Oh, okay. Uh, the Hanging Tree, I do like... She sings more in the book, too, which is which is interesting. Like More than in the movie? Yeah. She sings a lot in the movie. Yeah. It's like... Nine songs? She she sings um, the song that Katniss sings to Rue when she dies. And Primrose, like nice. the Ape in the Meadow or whatever. Movie too. Yeah, like to Primrose in there. Yeah. And then in the end credits of Mockingjay Part 2, she sings that, like Lucy sings that in the book. They took it out, which I was like, interesting. Time? Oh, anyway. Um, what was I saying? Oh, but I kind of found that it was cool that she was singing those songs. First of all, for... The Does she that... sing Hanging Tree in the book? Yes. And specifically after that, because she writes... She's the writer of that song. She wrote yeah. the song about that event that they experienced. So I'm like, that's kind of cool. And also playing into that part of, like, the culture of District 12. It's not just like, well, Candace didn't write this song. Like, this was a song that yeah. people were singing and singing throughout the many years, 64 years from that point. So I'm, like, kind of cool playing into that culture. Like, this song has been, like, a part of their... Heritage, which I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of fan service in this movie. This is... I have a half a complaint, but I want to use it as a sweet transition for later. So this is a praise right now. Uh, there's a lot of fan service, and I think a lot of it is done really well, because it's more subtle, specifically with names and characters. Like, Jason Schwartzman plays Lucky Flickerman. Mm-hmm. Flickerman? Wait a minute, isn't that Stanley Tucci's last name in the Hunger Games movies? Yeah, because that's his grandpa. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's sweet. And that's probably the most obvious one. Uh, but, like, uh, Snow's classmates, 
their last names. Like one of them is their last name is Crane. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, like Seneca Crane, like the game master from the first movie. Stuff like that. Uh, Heaven's B is on a plaque in the wall, and that's the last name of Philip Seymour Hoffman's mm-hmm. character. And so stuff like that. I was like, oh, that's neat. Also, and I didn't, I've seen this movie twice, by the way. And this didn't click with me until the second time. But President Snow's cousin is Tigress. And that's the same character that shows up in Mockingjay Part right. 2 with the cat face. Yeah. And is also a fashion designer. And that's why she was designing the clothes for yeah. for Corio at the beginning. There, there was one thing I wish they had done more with. This is not so much fan service, but more symbolism. At the beginning of the movie, baby Corio gets his father's compass. And then in the movie, at least, it doesn't show up until right near the end. After he shoots the Mockingjays and is leaving the forest and he quickly pulls it out and they don't even really focus on it. I wish they had done more with the compass and especially as that symbolism of him becoming more and more like his father. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the speed run, unfortunately. Yeah. And, There's a couple and things that they didn't get to focus on as much. Especially that they showed it. I wouldn't be surprised if there are some deleted scenes where it shows up more. Most likely. Um... But, I, I'll say that I think it would have been neat if the Hanging Tree song wasn't in the movie. And then that was something you could kind of like piece together. Because they called it the Hanging Tree. And then you could think back and be like, okay, the first person we saw was hung for killing two, two peacekeepers and a, and a mine operator. So that's, they say who murdered three, sweet. And then you kind of put that together. And if they just even like changed... The time that they met at the tree from dusk till midnight, meet up at midnight at the hanging tree. Mm-hmm. I just thought that, that would have been cooler than hearing the song from the other movie mm-hmm. three times. And she sings it again in the book to to tell Snow to meet her there. Like she's at again, like uh, the the peacekeeper part three part. Yeah, that was like the, you made it sound like that was the most sped run. Oh, absolutely. Speed ran. Speed ran. I don't know. <laughs> It was a speed run. Yeah. For sure. Like, um, and they changed the order of some events. Like, for example, uh, when Snow records Sejanus's yeah. confession, that happens in, in the book, that happens after the whole thing with the guns, where he, like, shoots the dude hmm. and the girl, and he doesn't talk when he's recording, because he's like, I don't want to say anything or about the guns, so he's also, like, nervous about Sejanus saying anything he's like just don't say anything and then Sejanus like he keeps talking and then is like like I don't want this to harm the the plinth name and he's like boom that's all I need because now you said that your name so we're good but then he like contemplates what to do with it because he finishes recording and then he's like what the heck do I do now yeah because he's like do I just send it or like no that's not what that's not gonna work like and he just whereas in the movie it's just like he like records it plays it back and then puts it on that truck which is just part of the speed run and sends it to Gaul yeah. yeah, and they also don't play it, and that's that's another one of my criticisms, is this whole thing with the Jabberjays, is I didn't like that they played the recording at the hanging, okay, yeah. because I was like, they would never do that, because they don't need a reason to hang people, they're not like, hey, this we're justifying this hanging, and they're like, yeah. they're not going to play that for the people to like, hey, this is a guy, he's conspiring, and this is what he's talking about, so in case you want to, you know, plan for future events to overthrow us, this was his plan, uh, 
and said there's just like they just hang people. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. But oh well. Anyway. Oh, she sings the song at one of the like the parties or whatever, and then he's like confused as whether that was like a, a, <laughs> a sign for him to meet her there. So that was a whole thing there. But they just cut that out and he was just like, Meet me there. But yeah. Alright, here's my half complaint. Which I am annoyed by, but also doesn't affect the movie necessarily. Uh I don't think that the movie should have been called The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. I think it should have just been called The Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. Yeah, well, that, that was I, a completely, uh, like, we need to sell this to people. And and you know what? I, I say, you know what? The people who are excited to watch, you know, this story you put on are going to know. And everyone else is going to find out by word of mouth in less than a week. Yeah. Like, if you didn't. Or just watching the trailer online or something. I, like, oh, know, that's even, even that's Snow, Hunger ready, Games. Ready for this? All right, trailer. And on the poster, says four years before before the Hunger Games, there was a battle of somber snakes. Boom, done. You've, you've yeah. done it. Yeah. That being said, cool transition coming in. My favorite part of this movie was the Hunger Games. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. It was pretty well done, especially and, seeing the how like not a big deal it was back then. Like on the tenth year, like people didn't care, and they were just thrown into like this arena, not like a big massive thing it was just yeah. like a like a, a large room yeah like a coliseum basically is what it was and then like you guys are just gonna fight and the fact that it like goes overnight and he's like wow this lasted way longer than we thought it was like it was, it was just like a like a maybe a two-hour event like flickerman has to cancel his dinner re- yeah. reservations which yeah like you're saying means that it was over way quicker yeah. the past nine years which is really fascinating thinking about the fact that like the first and the second one, they're in there for a few days. Yeah. And even the Hunger Games and Catching Fire gets cut short because they blow up the arena and, yeah. and get broken out. That could have gone for way longer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then watching, like, people are like, oh, wow, like, this is... And what I thought was some of the coolest stuff, and this is a bit of that fan service, too, is they're talking about the changes that they want to make to the games. And... And there's so much stuff about the Hunger Games itself that you can see the seed being planted this year for stuff that happens in the future, mm-hmm. right? Like Jessup, the boy from 12, goes crazy because he got bitten by a bat and he gets rabies, mm-hmm. right? And I know that like he gets hit by a drone and he falls down, but really the, the biggest part of him dying is that he got sick from something that didn't happen in the games. Yeah. So that train ride, which was in... Terrible cars with bats mm-hmm. is now a luxury ride. Yeah. With nothing's going to go wrong here and we're going to fatten you up. Yeah. Because, and even like, we're going to train you because we want this to go on. You know, we want you to last longer, take out other people, and that's going to raise your popularity here and there. Yeah. Or even the like Flickerman just talking to Lucy at the cage. Yeah. And then they're like, and then later, in later years, like they're doing like specific, like individual yeah. interviews on this big stage for everyone. And specifically the part where Snow's like, we need to treat them like human beings. Yeah. They don't in the other movies. But they're not like... they're, they're all, The capital's still like, you guys are less than us. Obviously. They're like, we matter more than you. But they're not like, you guys are animals and like... Yeah. Pets or whatever. Like, they're still like, oh my gosh, and like shaking their hand and whatnot. At the interviews. In yeah. front of everybody. And people are cheering for everybody. That's great. Well, it's not great, but like... It's great it's, to it's, see yeah. that like development really cool and i also like that they that 
a lot of it too is is all these changes are are being implemented and added the day before the games. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, we'll, we'll we'll you know sponsors can you know give donations and then then we can send stuff to them in the games. But these drones don't work at all. No. And I'm like, that's just cool. And it's not like oh we tried to do this thing to make it work and then it didn't work. It's no we started this project six hours ago so yeah. sorry if it doesn't work <laughs> yeah. because we weren't ready for that yeah yeah i really enjoyed the games i think perhaps the violence is is a little bit better in the first ones where it's a little well, a little less gory or intimidating in this one i think uh than in the previous ones like when those monkeys tear apart the girl in catching fire even though you don't like see anything you're like oh Oof, and I don't feel like I ever got that in this one, like especially when those snakes come at the end. Three people just have snakes kind of like wash over them, and then you don't see them again. And yeah. then there's like one person that you see like in pain because the snakes are biting them, and then again they just get covered with more snakes. I mean, there's a lot of snakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Re- reading that, I was like, and then like, and then the. The thing opens and snakes are like engulfed the ways. I'm like, oh, gosh, Dan, I, that, I'm not looking forward to that. In the <laughs> That's going to be gross. And it was, so. It's true. Yeah. Oh, but man, at the end of the games, when the snakes are covering Lucy Gray, I mean, those are CG snakes, right? Well, yeah. But the way that those snakes are interacting with her clothing and stuff. That's what I was thinking. I was like, like you see like the folds crap. like moving around. I mean, like, what it probably is, given my limited knowledge on CG, is it's probably just her head and then neck down is a CG replacement. But it looks really great. Yeah. And I don't know what they did, but it looks good. I don't know. It does look good, though. I thought that was really solid. Mm-hmm. Bringing him up again because, my goodness, is he a great character? Lucky Flickerman. <laughs> Pretty much everything he says... It's just the best, and most of it's comic relief. Yeah. A little bit of exposition, but ah, <laughs> oh, he's so funny. It's true. Uh, I I'm a fan of Jason Schwartzman, and uh, oh yeah, he's just killing in this one. Uh, one of my favorite things that he says is when Dill, which is the girl with the very poofy hair, that goes to drink the water bottle. Yeah, she walks out, and he goes, "Ah, oh, there she is, tuberculosis on legs," and I was like, "Oh my goodness." That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Or when uh, when Gaul's like, I, you know, there even if it means there's no victor, I'm going to unleash a, a world of rainbow of destruction. And he's like, give me a drink. I need a drink right now. Give me a drink. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, even better is that every time he opens up, he's like, hello, everyone. It's me, Lucky Flickerman, a man who needs no introduction. And then he gives himself a 45-second <laughs> introduction each yeah. time. I loved him doing the weather halfway through the hurricane. <laughs> yeah. That was excellent. Oh. Yeah, zero complaints about <laughs> anything that he did. No, he's great. Uh, another, I really enjoyed Peter Dinklage as, as High Bottom in this. The, I think the casting in this movie was very well done. Like, and, uh, perfect for all the characters that are cast. And yeah. I'll tell you what, watching it a second time and... Keeping in mind his thing about, I didn't want to do the Hunger Games, and it was your dad that went forward with it, and now I'm kind of stuck with it. Mm-hmm. It it it's there. Oh yeah, 
But I didn't pick up on it the first time because it's just subtle enough because he can't go out and be like, I don't want to do the Hunger Games. Let's stop him. Otherwise, he'll just, he'll just quote unquote, die the flu. Mm-hmm. And then they'll find someone else to replace him. But he's trying to do it subtly. And you're like, oh, I actually see what you're doing there. That's really cool. But if you didn't know that he didn't want to do it, you wouldn't necessarily put that together. It just sounds like he thinks that they're not as popular and that they're not going to last anymore. Yeah. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. Another piece of casting that I thought was excellent was Viola Davis. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. She's like a, a an excellent blend of like... Like... She's on top, and she knows... No, Snow's on top. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's she's got the power here, and she knows what's up, but she's also, yeah. like, nuts. She's crazy. Oh, yeah. And just the way that that played. Also, uh, when she shows up in the classroom after Snow shows up to class after being in the zoo, mm-hmm. she comes in, she's like, down, 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 the <laughs> snow, fu-, and does this whole, like, poetic thing that's, like, kind of a game that he answers her with, and I'm like... That's incredible. Yeah. Like, the way that you're acting right now is spot on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Again, zero complaints, and I loved every scene that she was in. Yeah. And, like, her, her wardrobe especially, and and she had, like, weird makeup on her lips, and her odd, like, her different uh, colored eye, everything about it I thought worked mm-hmm. perfectly. You know what I found very interesting about this? Going back to this, seeing how things have changed over time, yeah. like from this to the Hunger Games movies, books, whatever you want, to, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, is like fashion in the capital. Is you see Viola Davis and like she looks weird compared to everybody else. Like everyone, <laughs> yeah. they're still like more like fashionable than the districts, right? But like, they're not to the level that it gets in 64 years. Yeah, and then like 64 years later of like nothing to do i guess because there's literally nothing to do in the capital yeah except like run your shop whatever buy whatever you want i guess kind of things and just how society changes into the what it what it is you know (laughs) what it is (laughs) (laughs) it's it's cool it's interesting yeah yeah i also like that in her office you see like the early edition of the mutts Mm -hmm. in jars and stuff i i couldn't look at any of them and be like oh you're gonna be that in the future but it's cool that they they've started experimenting with like making creatures and stuff yeah what, what do you, you think of uh rachel ziegler awesome what do you think of tom blythe pretty good Dang. yeah uh i'll say about rachel i i didn't know that she was gonna have an accent and it took me a second because i was i got caught up in all the implications she starts going oh well hey honey i was bathing roses and honey milk or whatever buttermilk yeah. and i was like wait what but you're from 12 like why would you have an accent like that's not a... and then i was like no but you're from a cubby you're from you're like gypsies you travel around so you wouldn't be from 12 and i did, I did have to kind of work it around in my head and that's just a me thing right right figuring how to imply implicated you know other things but i was like no actually this does make sense and also you're doing the accent pretty well so i'm gonna roll with it because it's yeah. good no yeah it also made for some pretty solid songs Speaking of songs, what do you think of the music score? I would say that I enjoyed the songs that they played, minus Hanging Tree, more. They were more fun. I, I feel like I found it more obvious that, that certain score tracks were 
just coming back from the previous movies. And I would have maybe enjoyed a little bit more original. Not that there wasn't original stuff in there, but... Yeah. I For the score, I think there's a lot of... Like, I've listened to the soundtrack yeah. a couple times now, of course, obviously. Uh, and there's a lot of original themes, specifically yeah. for Snow. But there's also certain themes from the other Hunger Games movies, right? But it they're kind of repurposed in a way. Like, there's that song that plays when um, Katniss is, like, looking for Peta in the first one, going across rocks. And then it plays a couple other times, a lot in the capital as well. Um, that it, he, like, changes the, the speed of it a bit. And, like, a couple of the, what's the, the key changes. Yeah. So it sounds a little different. Like, it sounds like it's meaning something else, but it's the same theme. And I thought that was really cool. Specifically the one that, like, the movie ends on. When he's looking at the yeah, and I will say I I, uh, I I did love the ending. I thought it was great. I think, and here's something I didn't say about the first one, or I think all of them, but specifically the first one as well, like the first Hunger Games movie, is the falling action is incredible. Yeah, like it, it doesn't feel like it. The falling action drags, like it reaches its climax and then like it just like smoothes into the credits. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's it's interesting, and I felt like, to me anyway watching this movie it felt the same way to me where it's like he's walking to high bottom and that whole conversation there i really enjoyed and then of course i'm walking out looking at the thing and his his new suit looked pretty cool yeah i just enjoyed it i I loved the music in it it was great yeah Yeah. i james newton howard like he just doesn't disappoint you know just the movies that he scores sometimes do not this one no (laughs) But, like, his back music... To, back to Fantastic Beasts and Green Lantern. Okay, Green Lantern was, like, what birthed my love of movie scores. Because the score is so awesome. But and I would just... No, I don't... Not the movie. But not your I, love of movies. No. <laughs> I would sit on the menu of Green Lantern and yeah, just listen you, to the music play. You mentioned that earlier. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> should we do rankings? I think we should. All right. Uh, I'm still developing mine in my head. I think I got mine. Okay. I want, I'm excited to hear yours. I think ours is going to be very different. That's my that's my guess. We'll see. All right. Starting from the bottom. Mm-hmm. I like starting from the bottom. It, it adds yeah, suspense sure, sure, for the sure. favorite one. I'm going to start off with Mockingjay Part 2. And then my fourth, number four. Uh, I'm going to put Mockingjay Part 1. Uh... Upon a rewatch, I think that I actually did enjoy part one a little bit more than part two. Mm-hmm. At spot number three, I'm going to insert the Bell to Sunburn Snakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at number two, it's going to be number two, Catching Fire. And number mm-hmm. one is number one, The Hunger Games. I love how this is working out right now. <laughs> don't, please don't tell me you have the first one at the bottom of your list. All right, starting things off at the bottom. With the bottom. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, we're gonna have the first one. You're not serious, are you? I'm 100 percent serious. Oh my goodness! I, hey, hey, they're all really close, and I think they're all amazing. All right, these are like some of my favorite movies. I love them so much. So they're all like so close, but just on which one I enjoy a little bit more. So the first one, Hunger Games, and then the second one. No, no. Okay, <laughs> so it's not just a perfect mirror of mine. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So Hunger Games, and then. Oof. 
Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Oh boy. Mockingjay Part 1. Yeah. Catching Fire, and then Mockingjay Part 2. Alright. I love this. I love the last one so much. It's it's beautiful. I cry every time. I love it. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're all like 9 out of 10 movies though. Like, I wholeheartedly believe in that. Yeah, I... We, we mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but... Yeah, the ranking doesn't mean that the one on our bottom is bad. They're, no, they're I all love very, all of them so much. They're all very enjoyable. In fact, I watched the first one again just this morning. The first two, actually. And I'm like, dang, these movies are so good. Wrapping up? I might as well. All right. Here's something that I haven't done for the past two episodes because I just genuinely forgot. <laughs> I still put everything in the description. But if you want to read our thoughts on movies that we watch, you can check us out on Letterboxd. We both have an account. Links are in the description. If you simply cannot get enough of Luke's voice. <laughs> he, he he does another podcast with his sister called Toku Talk Radio, where they talk about uh, tokusatsu content. Uh, I don't think there's been an episode for a little bit, but no, it's been a while. That's okay. There's still a nice back catalog you can yeah yeah you can listen to. Links for that in the description. If you simply cannot get enough of Luke's voice and wish to see his face as well, oh gosh, Luke has a YouTube channel as well. Correct. The link for which is in the description. All right. So please check all that out. Next week we're coming back because yeah, it's next week. Yes, uh, we're coming back because there's a new Godzilla movie coming out. Right. So naturally, naturally, we're going to do a Godzilla episode, obviously. Which I think you were just itching for. Oh yeah, this whole we've you've been waiting for an excuse, and Absolutely. lo and behold, at the second last episode of our first year of podcasting. We get to do a Godzilla episode. Oh, yeah. We will not be talking about the MonsterVerse movies. No. The American Godzilla movies, if you will. Well, we might talk about one of them, but not the MonsterVerse ones. We might talk about one of them. <laughs> uh, but we'll be talking about the Japanese ones and and what we like and maybe don't like about them. So come back next week to, to listen to our thoughts on Godzilla. And until then, Luke, why don't you carry us over with a send-off? Well, yeah, uh, what can be said, but thanks for listening, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Hey, thanks, Luke, and thank you, listener, for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to keep up with us and the show, please feel free to follow us on Twitter, or X, if you will, at Pod Screen Time to see some quick thoughts of ours regarding movies or shows. You can also follow us on Instagram, again, at Pod Screen Time, to see when our episodes drop and any extra visuals that we want to show off. You can also catch up with both of us individually on Letterboxd to catch our thoughts and reviews on the movies that we watch. You can find me at The Shininator, and you can find Luke at Shin Glassman. If you want to hear more of Luke, feel free to check out his other podcast, Toku Talk Radio, where he discusses tokusatsu and anime with his sister Hannah. And if you want even more of Luke, who can blame you? You can take yourself over to his YouTube channel, Shin Glassman, where you can watch his videos that range from reviews to tier lists. They really are a blast. Links to all these things are in the description of this episode, so head there to find those and stay connected with us. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again in the next episode.